Hey, it's Dr. G. And whether you've been a longtime listener or you're new to the podcast, welcome. Have you ever felt like you wanted to start over or reinvent your life? If so, I want to invite you to tell me all about it. I really need your advice. And to reward you for your time, I'm going to be choosing nine listeners to join me on a free one-on-one relaunch game plan call. This call is designed to help you get clear on your specific goals so you can relaunch your life. To join in and be eligible for the free call, go to discover.drgordon.me. That's discover.drgordon.me and answer all the questions. I look forward to reading your responses and talking to you soon. Thanks for your help and thanks for launching your life with me. Hi, and welcome to the Launch Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Today, we're continuing with my childhood. As always, I welcome your feedback. Feel free to email me, drg at drgordon.me. And if you're ready to love every second of your life, let's set up a relaunch game plan. Simply head to relaunch.drgordon.me and book a relaunch game plan call. For the latest episodes, go to launchyourlifepodcast.com. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to give it a five-star review wherever you get your podcast and share widely with your friends. Last time on the podcast, I left you with my newly traumatized five-year-old self who relaunched after everything she thought was right or normal came crashing down because of one night alone at her grandparents' house. And she walled off the memory of abuse. Now, five was a pivotal year for me. It was the year I learned the world isn't safe, And I created some really strong beliefs about life, myself, and these ran as subconscious programming for years. And one time after returning from a party, I asked my mother questions about everything as toddlers and children do. And rather than answer my questions, my mother replied with, you used to be so much fun and now all you do is talk all the time. Looking at this from my adult lens, I recognized my drunk mother. My sober mother would never have said this to me. However, my mother became a different person and she was really mean when she drank. So I shut up, shocked and horrified and unsure what to make of what appeared to be an attack. I developed a deep distrust in my mother. Now it was a hot summer day and I was wearing shorts and the air conditioning compressor was whirring as I stood next to it. It was all, I was almost as tall, it was almost as tall as me and three times as long, it was a big thing. Now, the ground around the apricot tree was littered with rotting fruit wafting through the air. And as the sun beat down on my head, my thoughts were, no one is gonna take care of you. You have to do it yourself. You are going to be a doctor and take care of yourself. Now, as a result of this one interaction with my mother, I developed deep self-sufficiency. It was probably too deep because I didn't like asking for help. I perceived asking for help as a weakness. It was almost as if asking made me less legitimate or valid as a human. It's hard to put into words the feeling I had as a young child. The memory and emotions feel clear though. And when I made the decision about being self-sufficient, I felt abandoned. I was alone. I was alone in the world. And it was all up to me to make sure I got everything I needed. As a result, I became quite competitive and a horrible loser. 
Back in the 1970s, board games were one of our hobbies. My brothers, neighbors, and I played Life, Clue, Monopoly, Battleship, Operation, Risk, Sorry, and even the odd Ouija board. But our Christian upbringing always made us feel like we were sinning when playing that one. Now, I always wanted to win, and I got quite upset when I didn't. Sometimes I would throw a fit because I felt embarrassed to lose. And for whatever reason, I let it reflect on my identity. Perhaps it was because competition was built in our family culture. In fact, my mother created this horrible, awful tradition on Easter. One chocolate bunny for whoever found the coveted golden egg. Now, she must have, had, she must have thought that it was really a great tradition because she watched us all scramble to find that damned egg. And she, she seemed so happy fostering all this competition. Now, who knows, maybe it came from her mother. In the days leading up to Easter, we'd all sit around the circular table in the dining room and dye Easter eggs. This was fun. However, we were not allowed to make any yellow eggs. Mom would make one golden egg only. After mass, we'd go and search for eggs in the backyard. Whoever found the golden egg got the chocolate bunny. So every Easter morning, it was a free-for-all among the, the four of us to find all the eggs we had died and the stupid golden egg. Finding that fucking egg was the end-all be-all of Easter in the Golden Garden household. And more often than not, one of my older brothers found it and wouldn't share the chocolate. Finding the egg put the finder in a position to gloat. It was horrible, but I found it once and gloated just like they did. I didn't share either. Now, the funny thing is we do what we learn. And when my son was little, I tried to do the same thing until someone, <laughs> someone told me it was dumb. Just buy more chocolate bunnies. But my mother was deeply insecure. And to make up for it, she proclaimed herself as perfect. And even though her birthday was third in the calendar year for the entire family, she taught us to remember all the family birthdays around hers. This competitive family culture led to strained relationships between all of us. I was the only girl in a sea of boys, and my brothers thought I was favored. Of course, I thought they were favored because of their gender, and they were, by society due to institutional patriarchy and by the family. I felt like I didn't have a voice when I was growing up. Whenever I expressed an opinion or a preference, my brothers and even my father ignored me. In fact, almost every male did, whether they were family or not. The message was, girls and women exist only to serve or to please. And my opinion doesn't matter. But one time, my opinion did matter, and it was my fifth birthday. It all started with the present I wanted. My parents always gave us one present on our birthdays. The gift was under our parents' bed, and I don't know really what prompted my mother to start this tradition, but everyone had a present under their bed on their special day under our parents' bed on their special day. I also don't remember why I wanted a gumball machine for my fifth birthday. Maybe it was a TV advertisement or from visiting the stores in town, but I had a strong desire for that gumball machine. It was palpable, almost overwhelming. It was like an obsession only a toddler can have. It was all I talked about in the weeks leading up to my birthday. Gumball this, gumball that. I was delighted to open my present and find the actual gumball machine, the one I actually wanted, the same model and everything. It was a miniature coin-operated gumball machine that also doubled as a bank. 
I hugged it when I opened it. And I had thoughts of riches as I shared the gumball machine with my friends. This was likely my first entrepreneurial venture. My friends did pay once or twice for gumballs, but after the novelty wore off, they refused to pay. It didn't matter. I was happy to finally have been heard. My childhood is mainly a blur of defining moments. Another defining moment occurred when I was around the age of five. We were in our living room in the house of many horrors and my mother was talking about her two brothers who were doctors. I stood behind her but listened intently to this conversation. She said something like this, those guys are doctors, they're so rich. Now, my mother made it abundantly clear we didn't have as much as her sister who was married to a doctor or her brother who was a doctor. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt we had less because no one was a medical doctor in our family. My five-year-old brain went to work to make sense of what my mother had said and the program I created in my subconscious mind went something like this. I want to please my mom because she's my whole world and even though I may not trust her, I wanna please her. Being rich will please my mom. Doctors are rich. I will get rich when I'm a doctor and please my mom. The only way I can get rich is to be a doctor. I am going to be a doctor. Now this program kind of sat in the subconscious and ran unknown until I finally entered medical school at age 31. And I tried many other career paths and stay tuned for that. But it ran until just before I left medicine in 2020. And the thing is, I made a lot of money when I was a doctor. However, I no longer believe it's the only way to get rich. So again, my five-year-old self relaunched by creating a subconscious program to keep me safe and well-fed. Next time on the Launch Your Life podcast, I'll continue with my childhood and the house of many horrors. If you like this episode, please subscribe so you won't miss any and share with your friends on social. Please leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're ready to love every second of your life and relaunch, I invite you to book a call with me at relaunch.drgordon.me. See you next time.